Thank you, sir. If you are going to be in town next week, um, I really want to encourage you to be here. Um, we have a special service, and um, I really think it's going to move your heart, motivate you, encourage you. I hope it does. I won't get into great detail, but it, needless to say, you will not want to miss the upcoming service. We are going to spend some time just praising God um, with, uh, well, that's all I'm going to say. So don't miss, don't miss next week for sure. This morning, um, we are going to pause our series, Stand, Does It Really Matter What You Believe? And I use the word pause because I want to revisit this, um, this series again in the near future. Because the subject is so important to our spiritual growth, this whole idea of apologetics and standing for your faith and why it's so important that we we hold our ground as believers in Jesus Christ in this day and age. So I, I say pause because, again, we'll pick up on it. There's some topics that I was not able to cover during this time. But now we go into our summer season. and I want to start the new series, which is called Forgotten Virtues. We're going to do a study in the books of Psalms and Proverbs, kind of combine them, the head and the heart and go through all these different topics. So it should be a great, great summer of growth and spiritual understanding. But this whole subject of apologetics and defending your faith, we need it for spiritual maturity and we also need it to impact the lives of people all around us. So, again, we'll come back to it. We live in a world or in a culture right now in America like like never before in our history. It's a different time. We live in a culture of personal compromise and moral relativism. And we we all feel that. We all feel that pressure. The crowd has turned, if you will. And the pressure to conform has never been greater in our country's history. I talk to people all the time. People come in my office, younger, older, and they ask a lot of questions. What are we going to do about this? And what happens if that? How do we deal with this? There's a lot of strain. There's a lot of stress. People are a bit overwhelmed by the, the massive changes they see in our country. They don't know how to, how to handle it. So how do we face these challenges? That's what I want to close off this series with. How do we, as believers in Jesus Christ, with the power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ living in us, how do we overcome these new challenges? In Daniel chapter 1, we're introduced to three young men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Some of my favorite people. I love, absolutely love these guys. Like Daniel, they were young men who were taken into captivity from Judah and were trained to serve with, uh, as, as the king's servants, Nebuchadnezzar. So they're, they're, they're captured from Judah, taken into slavery, and then trained to serve before the king. Like Daniel, they had the blessing of God on their lives. They had the hand of God on their lives. And like Daniel, they impressed the king with their character. I want you to remember that. I want you to remember that. Like Daniel, they stood their ground and they impressed the king with their character, with the way they lived their lives. They stood out. And the darker it gets, the darker it gets in, in a culture, in a world, the brighter the light shines. Sometimes we think, oh, it's, you know, the darkness is, is closing in us. What are we going to do when it's darkest? It is the greatest opportunity to share the light of Jesus Christ. It gives us our greatest opportunity because there's such a contrast there. 
In Daniel chapter 1 and verse 20, it says, In every matter of wisdom and understanding about which the king questioned them, he found them ten times better than all the magicians and enchanters in his whole kingdom. Daniel 3 reveals even more about the character and integrity of these three young men. And, and, and what we learn about their character and integrity should inspire us, young and old, it should inspire us to stand up for our faith. As you study the lives of these three young men, it should motivate you. It should inspire you. It should lift you up. You know, it's, it's, there's something exciting about looking at the lives of, of younger uh, teenagers, for example. Do you know most of the, most of the great movements that have been started the revivals that have been started have been started by like high school, college age students. So many, so many, because when when they get the passion of Jesus Christ hidden in their hearts and they let it out, miraculous things happen. Miraculous things. It is encouraging to see younger people standing up for their faith. It encourages the old and it encourages the young. And that's what that's what should happen to us this morning as we read about these three incredible people. It should build up our faith. Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego faced some really tough challenges. I mean, they had to face some really incredible trials in Daniel chapter three, verses one through seven. They're confronted with a dilemma. And it's something every single one of us has to deal with. So they're, they're confronted with, with this incredible, incredible dilemma. They were commanded by the, the king to worship his gods and the idols that he set up. So the whole culture now, he sets these idols up, he's got these gods, and he said everyone needs to worship these particular gods, these particular idols. So, I mean, you think about America, and you think about the things that we have to go through, the struggles that we're facing, the things that we have to push through and try to overcome in our, in our own culture. Can you imagine what they were going through? In chapter, in, in, in chapter 3, verses 8 through 15, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are, are, are accused of, of disobeying the law of the land, and they're confronted with the fiery furnace. They are not going to bow down to the idols of that culture. They are not going to worship the gods of that culture. They are not going to allow that culture to crush them into a mold and say, this is what you are going to have to say. This is what you are going to do. And because they wouldn't do it, they were confronted with basically a life and death decision. In Daniel chapter 3, verses 13 through 15, it says, Furious with rage, Nebuchadnezzar summoned Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So these men were brought before the king. And Nebuchadnezzar said to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the image of gold I have set up? Now when you hear the sound of the horn, or flute, or zither, or lyre, or harp, or pipe, and all kinds of music, if you are ready to fall down and worship in the image I made, very good, very good. But if you do not worship it, you will be thrown immediately into a blazing furnace. Then what God will be able to rescue you from my hand? And see, then here come, here it comes. Okay, I don't care. I don't care where you live and where you go to school. You from home. You work at home. You work outside of the home. Whatever it is, here it is. Do you fear God or do you fear man? What God is going to be able to save you from my hand? And then you have a choice to make. Do I fear man more than I fear God? 
And that's how you have to think about it, because we all face these choices. These three men were willing to sacrifice everything for their faith. They're confronted by the king and they're willing to sacrifice their position, their authority, their comfort. You think, well, yeah, but they were taken and they were captives and everything. Yeah, but they were captives and they were trained to serve the king, which means they they got the benefit of all of that. There was a lot of other people had to do a lot of other things that weren't as good as this. This was comfortable. If you had to live in this culture, in this situation, they had it good. They had position. Okay, they had authority. They had they had comfort. But they were willing to give up that authority. They were willing to give up that position. They were willing to give up that comfort. They were willing to give up their lives, their their lives for what they believed. And we, we ask this in this series, we're asking, does it really matter what you believe? Ask Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego if it really matters what you believe. And what is the difference between what they had to face and what we have to face? There's no difference Will we stand for truth? Will we stand up for the word of God? Will we stand our ground? Will we hold our ground? Or will we cower in defeat when someone calls us names or whatever the case may be or tries to pressure or push us or intimidate us, basically? Put us in the fire, if you will. Do we hold our ground or do we back down? Same question. What are we going to do? We read these stories and it's like, wow, they were great and everything. And we don't apply it to our own lives. We need to apply it to our own lives. What are we going to do in this situation? Things may get worse. One of the the younger ones ask me sometimes, the 20 somethings ask me sometimes, well, what happens if this happens? And what happens if that happens? And I tell them, you know, I mean, let me explain what will happen the the day that something collapses or people do this. I'm going to get up in the morning I'm going to brush my teeth, put my pants on, go to work, share the gospel. Oh, what happens if I'm going to get up in the morning, brush my teeth, my pants on, put my shirt on, go and share the gospel? What is the difference? Think about Paul, okay? You throw Paul in prison, you strap Paul, you chain Paul to someone, you feel bad for that guy. You know why? Because Paul's talking to him constantly about the gospel. Put him in jail, he preaches the gospel. Let him free, he preaches the gospel. Try to beat him, he preaches the gospel. Try to, whatever you do to him, preach the gospel until the day he dies. So it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter the circumstance that we find ourselves in. What do we do? We get up and we do what we do every single day. We preach the gospel. We share the light of Jesus Christ. We don't back down. It doesn't matter our circumstance. What matters is what does the word of God say and how do we respond to that? They were willing to give up everything for what they believed. Listen, to avoid their fate, all they had to do is something really simple. All they had to do was sacrifice their conscience. That's all. Why would you die for that? Be thrown into a blazing furnace? Just sacrifice your conscience. All they had to do was, all they needed to do to get out of this was conform outwardly. You know, still hold it in your heart. You know what you need to do? This is what I love. You you take your faith and you just hold it in your, you make it real personal. I'm going to take my faith in Jesus Christ and I don't need to talk with anybody else. And if anybody puts me on the spot, I'm just going to kind of slink away. My faith is really personal. Was their faith personal? It wasn't personal at all. They said, hey, this is what you have to do. They said, we're not going to do it. We're not going to compromise. It doesn't matter. We're not going to compromise. We're not going to, to sacrifice our conscience. 
And we're not going to outwardly conform to avoid whatever conflict may arise from doing that. All they had to do is go along with the crowd. All they had to do was agree to, you know, bow down and change things. But the problem with all of that is then they would have to disobey God's word. In Exodus chapter 20, verses four and five, it says, you shall not make for yourselves an image in the form of anything in heaven above or in the earth beneath or in the waters below. You shall not bow down to them or worship them. We face trials and choices every single day. We, we face some of these same types of, of pressures in our lives. If you're younger, and I know a lot of younger ones are gone this morning where all the parties that are going on with the graduation and everything, but if, you're, if, if you get pressured, are you willing to give up your, your, uh, your popularity at school? Are you willing to give up your popularity? You're willing to sacrifice your popularity in order to stand your ground for Jesus Christ. Give up whatever it is you love to do at school and the people you love to hang around with. Are you willing to give that up? Are you willing to sacrifice your position at work if those in your job or the company asks you to do something that may be immoral and ethical or illegal? You kind of know the pressure is on, but you know, you you skirt a little bit that way and skirt a little bit this way. Are you willing to give up your position not to compromise the word of God? We have to ask ourselves those kinds of questions in our culture, in our culture today. okay? in our culture today, in in, in this culture, do we go along with abortion or do we go along with redefining God's definition, God's design for marriage because we feel under pressure? Is that what we do? Well, we're pressured. Oh, you're a hater. You're this or that. So, hey, you know what? Let's throw the word of God out and just go along with everything everybody else says. Because otherwise, what's going to happen? Then you're, you, you want to be a part of the crowd, right? You want to go along to get along. You want to make sure you're not offending anyone. So as the, as the culture changes, the church just gets swept up with the culture and we just kind of go along. But my friends, I want to ask you something. Where does that end? Where do you draw the line? If the word of God is absolutely clear, this is the sun and this is the moon, you can't switch them around. If God says this is the sun and this is the moon, I'm not going to call the moon the sun and the sun the moon. I don't care what anybody thinks or what anybody says. What does the word of God say? We need to hold our ground. We need to stand our ground. And if you think, if you think that's it right now, well, it's not that important. Sin never stops progressing. If you think it's difficult now, if you don't stand your ground, what's coming next is almost unbearable, almost unspeakable. Satan's scheme is not to bring about what's being brought about now. Satan's scheme is to bring about a lot worse. And we are going to be water. It's going to be watered down and we're just going to go right along. And all of a sudden we're going to wake up in a world that we cannot even function in. Why? Because we allowed our consciences to be seared. We allowed, we allowed ourselves to just be pulled along and carried along and thought, ah, does it matter? What's the big deal? Live and let live. Why didn't Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego could have said that? Ah, what's the difference? We'll worship our God and maybe a little bit of their God. And even if we don't worship their God, let's bow down anyway and just kind of, let's kind of go along. We are being forced and manipulated to sacrifice our conscience and to reject the word of God. And we don't even know it sometimes. And even those in leadership 
leadership within Christianity. You go to conferences or you you read something or you hear someone and even they begin to shift their thoughts on some of these subjects. And you think, well, this guy's popular. That guy wrote a book or whatever else. What he must be right. This is right. Everybody else is wrong. This is right. Everybody else is right. It doesn't matter what I say. It doesn't matter what I think or I say or I feel or that guy in the radio thinks or the boy who wrote that book thinks. The only person that matters is the one who wrote this book. And if we don't hold our ground and stand our ground, who are we? I don't, I don't, who are we? We are people of God. We are a royal priesthood, a holy nation of people who belong to God. If we belong to God, then we worship our God, then we stand for our God, then we live for our God or we die for our God. You want, you, people say to me all the time, well, how do I get my children to be more spiritually solid? How do I get my children to really love the Lord? You be more spiritually solid. You love the Lord with all your heart. You hold your ground. You don't compromise. You don't let your integrity be pulled all over the place. You don't, you don't let the, 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 the winds of, of, of the culture push you here and there. You hold your ground. And your children see you and they follow after you. They see you live your life and they will live their lives in the same way. It is so easy to conform outwardly. It is so easy to just go along with the crowd. We, we're all tempted in some way. How do we respond? How should we respond? How did Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego respond? How did they react? They stood tall in the face of adversity. They stood tall in the face of persecution. They stood in the power of God, in the knowledge that God could save them from this fiery furnace. They stood tall. When the king confronted them with confidence in their God, they feared God more than they feared man. And they stood tall in, in, the whole, in, that, in this whole situation. In Daniel chapter 3, verses 16 and 17, it says, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to the king, King Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we are thrown into the burning furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it. And he will deliver us from it. Your majesty, he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. They trusted God. Here's the deal. They trusted God, live or die. They trusted that God could deliver him. But they trusted God, live or die. Do we live the same way? Paul said in Philippians 1.21, to live is Christ and to die is gain. To live is Christ and to die is gain. Is that our battle cry or do we just cry and cower when we're under pressure by the culture? Is that our battle cry? Do we march forward to live is Christ or to die is gain? Or do we just huddle in a corner when we're pushed? Do we, do we, do we just kind of cry and cower and worry and fear and fret? Or do we believe that we are the people of God? That we will stand for Jesus Christ no matter what the pressure? Is that, is that our battle cry? To live is Christ and to die is gain? Because that was the battle cry of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They trusted in their God, live or die. If it was God's will not to rescue them, if it was God's will not to deliver them, so be it. So be it. But they would still choose not to bow down and worship these idols. They would still choose not to compromise the word of God. They were going to stand for Christ. They were going to stand for God regardless of the cost. It didn't matter what it cost them. 
Live or die. I have confidence that my God can deliver me, O king. But even if he doesn't, we will not worship the idols that you have set up before us. Like Joseph. Just like Joseph, who would, who would stand his ground in a time of trial and temptation and rejection. They followed after his example. Like Daniel who would rather be thrown into a lion's den than deny his faith, who would rather face lions and be ripped to pieces than say, no, I'm going to go along with the crowd to get along so that my life just kind of goes by and I don't have anybody calling me names or, or making me uncomfortable. I would rather be torn to pieces by lions than to conform to the culture in which I live. I will not deny my faith. For anyone or anything. It was like Habakkuk, who was who 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 praised God even in the midst of his suffering. Habakkuk chapter three, verses seventeen to nineteen. Though the fig trees though the fig tree does not bud, and there are no grapes on the vines, though the olive crops fails and the fields produce no food, though there are no sheep in the pen and no cattle in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God my Savior. The sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the, the feet of a deer. He enables me to tread on the heights regardless of the circumstances we praise our god that's why i can't wait for this next series that we're going to do this summer regardless of our circumstances what do we do when things are difficult we get up and we do what god has called us to do no one ever promised you god never promised you you were going to live in a republic never promised you that never promised that you were going to live in a place of freedom Thank God we have people who will fight for our freedom and allow us for, allow me to get up and say what I'm saying right now. But you know what? I get up and say what I'm saying right now, regardless if someone told me I couldn't do it. Why? Because God's law is number one and most important. God's, it is God who I follow with my whole heart. He is my master. He is my Lord. He is my God. And I follow after that God. Habakkuk said, regardless of my circumstances or what suffering I go through, I will praise the God whom I worship. My friends, you change culture with courage, not compromise. You want to change the culture? You truly want to change the culture? You change the culture with courage, not compromise. That's what Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego teach us. That's what they teach us here. In Daniel chapter 3, verses 26 through 30, it tells us how, how they were saved from the fiery furnace and how this totally transformed the, the mind and the heart of the king. How he, how he basically he was led to praise the one true God. Now, I'm not sure where his, truly his heart was, but because of, their, because of their attitudes, because of the way they lived their lives, they didn't compromise It was their courage, not their compromise, that changed the culture, changed the things around them. It says this, Nebuchadnezzar then approached the opening of the blazing furnace and shouted, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out! 
come here. So Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego came out of the fire and the satraps and the prefects and the governors and the royal advisors crowded around them. They saw that the fire had not harmed their bodies, nor was a hair of their head singed. Their robes were not scorched and there was no smell of fire on them. Then Nebuchadnezzar said, praise be to the God of Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, who has sent his angel and rescued his servants. They trusted in him and defied the king's command and were willing to give up their lives rather than serve or worship any God except their own God. Therefore, I love this part. Never really learned. Therefore, I decree that the people of any nation or language who say anything against God of Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego be cut into pieces and their houses be burned, be turned into piles of rubble for no other God can save in this way. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego in the province of Babylon. Because they stood for truth, because they stood for truth, here's, here's a principle, okay, that you can live by. Because you stand for truth, God will give you even greater opportunities to serve. God will give you even greater opportunities to make a difference. God will give you greater opportunities to fulfill the purpose for which he's created you. But you are not going to fulfill the purpose for which he's created you if you cower and cry and back up and not stand and sit down when someone tells you to sit down. When someone intimidates you to close your mouth, it's when you stand up for God that he opens up new opportunities for you to serve, new opportunities for you to be the person that he's created you to be. God designed you. God has specifically made you. God has specifically purposed you. And if you want to fulfill that purpose for which he's designed you, then you need to live like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, because then God will give you more and more and more opportunities to serve him in greater ways. Their faithfulness in the fire of the trials they were going through led to greater things, to greater things. So many people live their lives. They get to a certain point and say, what was it all worth? Why am I doing this? Why am I? I work so hard, but I get to this place and I feel like there's no, there's no fulfillment. Something's missing. There is something missing. What's missing is God's work in your life. What's missing is your, your, your call of God to serve him in everything you do. You need to be Shadrach, Meshach, or Abednego in your job. You need to be Shadrach, Meshach, or Abednego in your school. You need to be Shadrach, Meshach, or Abednego on your team. You need to be Shadrach, Meshach, or Abednego in your church, in your, in your neighborhood. It doesn't matter. You need to be like these three young men. You need to allow your courage to come out, that, that lion inside you, that fire inside you. You need to let that come out. Let the world see it. That, my friends, is going to change culture. See, we're all standing at the edge of a fire. Where every single one of us is standing at the edge of a fire when the voices of compromise are calling us to bow our knees to other gods, to conform to another worldview, to other definitions, to other laws, to new laws and new definitions. Every single one of us is facing this. Every single one of us has to decide, what are we going to do? Are we going to be obedient to God or are we going to be obedient to man? The pressure to compromise is intense. 
It's absolutely intense, but the choice is really simple. The pressure to compromise is intense, but the choice is very simple. Will we follow the crowd? Will we follow our fear? Will we follow the the, the world or will we follow our God? That's as simple as that. What will we follow with all the intensity around us? What will you follow? Who will you follow? Will you follow the crowd? Will you follow your own fear or will you follow your God? You're standing Each one of every single person in this room is standing at a fork in the road. The question is, what path will you take? What path will you take? In Jeremiah chapter six, verses 16 through 19, it's clear. This is what the Lord says. Stand at the crossroads and look. Ask for the ancient paths. Remember this series a while back? Remember this verse? Stand at the crossroads and look. Ask for the ancient paths. Don't change. Things haven't changed. God's word hasn't changed. Ask for the ancient past. Ask where the good way is and walk in it. Ask where the good way is and you walk in it and you will find rest for your souls. That sounds really good, but it goes on. But you said we will not walk in it. I pointed watchmen over you and said, listen to the sound of the trumpet. But you said we will not listen. Therefore, hear your you nations, you who are witnesses, observe what will happen to them. Hear you, earth. I am bringing disaster on this people, the fruit of their schemes, because they have not listened to my words and have rejected my law. We need to live for God. It's a choice that we're all going to have to face. God is saying, take the ancient path. Take the good way. Listen to my voice. We should not be the people who say we will not listen. We will not follow. We should not be the people of compromise. We should not be the people who sacrifice our consciences or or limit our consciences or sear our consciences in this culture. We need to be the people who do not compromise. I choose the good way. I choose to fear God and not to fear man. I choose to reject the call to compromise. I choose to face the crowd and not cower. I choose to stand for truth. I choose to stand for righteousness. I choose to stand for Jesus Christ. I choose to stand in the fire. To bite my tongue and hold my breath. Scared of rock. If you're able to this morning, if you're not able to, don't even worry about it. Just keep be seated. But if you're able to get on your knees this morning and pray, I'd like you to get down on your knees as we close out our service. Father, the only one we bow down to is you. The only time our knees will be bent is when we're on our knees for you. The only time we will fear is when we have that fear of you. Father, we come before you humbly and ask that you give us strength. That we would rise up as champions for you. That we would roar in boldness for you. 
that we would stand our ground for you. That we would bow our knee to no other God, to no other law, to no other definition, but the ones that you have determined in your word that are right and true in every area of our lives. May we stand strong in school. May we stand strong at work. May we stand strong for our families. May we stand strong in our nation. And Father, may you use us to bring hope and encouragement and truth to a world that so desperately needs it. God, as we stand, as we stand up, we stand for you. We live for you and we die for you. To live is Christ, to die is gain. That is our battle cry. In Jesus' precious and holy name, amen. Have a great week.